0: Queen Mode Collective
1: Welcome to another episode of The Queen's Table. I'm Jax, your host and proud Queen Mode ambassador. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners and elders of the lands from which you are listening to this podcast. In our final episode of this season, I speak with Eleanor Wangura a proud young woman, and the founder and creative director of Queen Mode. As you know, Queen Mode proactively supports the self-development of First Nations women by building platforms like this to connect, share knowledge, and thrive. Through her love of performing, Eleanor has travelled the world meeting amazing First Nations women, and this has helped shape her dream to start, grow, and foster Queen Mode into the amazing space it is today. You have to check out this inspiring yarn.
0: Queen Mode Collective You're a queen True to the u double And welcome to Queen Mode Collective You're a queen You're a queen Modern royalty Keep your head held high You're a queen And don't you let anybody out there tell you otherwise You're a queen Solidarity in our community You know the future is bright
1: You're a Queen Well hello there Sissy.
0: How are you? Hi I'm good. Excited to finally get to chat to you. I know. Thank you so much for
1: making time. I know that both you and I are super busy. It's a super busy time of year but I'm grateful to spend time and have a yarn. Um, It's always very therapeutic for me. I don't know how you feel about just sitting down and having a catch up but I'm excited for everybody that listens um, to this conversation that they really get something out of it because I'm super Dorothy and I want to get to know you more, <laughs> uh, even though I've known you for a very long time. So as we always start um, these interviews, I just wanted to ask you about who you are, where you're from, and where you're currently living at the moment.
0: Yeah, so... My name is Eleanor Wangura. I am a Watamree woman from Northeast Arnhem Land on my dad's side and on my mum's side, our family is from Northern Italy. So a small town called Trieste. And I'm currently living at home back on your country, but I'm actually on Ririgingor land. So family feels like home, not quite my homelands, but close enough for now. (laughs)
1: Beautiful. Oh my gosh, that opens up so much questions that I wasn't preparing for. But um, <laughs> but I kind of was. Did you grow up there? Like, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Darwin or Gove or whereabouts? Did you grow up? Yeah, I, grew-
0: I kind of grew up all over. So born here in Nulumboy, um spent the first few years of my life here, and then kind of bounced around with the family, and then darwin for a while um in my kind of earlier primary school years and then i lived in the adelaide hills for a while with my dad and my younger brothers and then kind of moved back with mum and ended up in canberra for a while and then we're living in just outside of nowra and then came back to nulamboy when i was like 16. so had quite a, um, you know, like an experience of Australia in so many different ways, very young, exposed to lots of things and it was kind of weird at the time, you know, you try and process it with your six-year-old, 10-year-old, 14-year-old brain but looking back I'm really grateful that I was able to see so much like early on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was just like a sponge, I'd imagine, just soaking it all
0: in. Yeah, and just seeing how different people live, just even within our own country, you know. Yeah, 100%.
1: And out of all of those different places, like is there a particular place where you just can exhale? Like is that home for you? Is that a normal boy or is there other places where you still think about as a beautiful place where you can definitely exhale and feel like you're
0: home? Um, Probably the only other place for me is Brizzy, so I spent a bit of time in Brisbane in Mm -hmm. my early adult life. Mm -hmm. So I spent, like, nearly all of my 20s, actually, in Brisbane, um, Mianjin, (sighs) so that is my home away from home. Yes. Yeah.
1: And you were there because of your love or performing arts, is that yeah. right? Is that how you you moved away from up north in the NT to Mianjin?
0: Yeah. So I, I joined my first company when I was 10 and that was in Adelaide and that was, you know, like dance was always a thing. I think it was part of being, you know, like an 80s born kid and growing up in the 90s and, you know, learning from the TV. And so I knew that I always loved dance, I loved theater i loved the idea of being able to create different worlds and you know different realities to some degree um so yeah have been doing had been doing that since i was like 10 and then came back home and joined the the troupe here and was teaching and then my best mate of like many many years is like i got into this thing what are you going to do? Are you going to stay in, you know, stay in community for the rest of your life or do you want to just come? Like, why not? And I was like, okay. Auditioned, got in. Um, that was like October, November came back, had my 21st birthday. And by January we we're living in Brizzy. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> and like, It always takes someone to just be like, come on, let's do this, or just to, you know, give a bit of, like, you know, flame to the fire type thing. Were you nervous?
0: Yeah, 100% because I've gotten used to being back home and the slow pace of life and, you know, it was was comfortable and I was making ridiculous money at the time. And so it was just like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was... It's never really been a hard thing for me to give up, but I guess I was probably the most prepared to go into (laughs) student life, that's for sure. Yes,
1: student life. I mean, that's not dissimilar to my story. Hey, you went to ACPA with your, you know, family friend and I went with my cousin to Nasa. I mean, it took someone to go, come on, to get, you know, to take that journey.
0: And he was really good, like, in researching what was available and things like that, whereas for me at the time I was quite content with where I was and hadn't yeah. really thought about going and studying dance, even yeah. though I'd been in that world for a long time and, you know, been in different companies and different dance schools. I think, the like, the formal side of it I was just wasn't yeah. sure about, but, Definitely glad that I did it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ten years
1: in Brizzy. I mean, your course wasn't ten years,
0: that's the <laughs> on the record, but
1: ten years in Brizzy is a, is a long time, and it probably opened your eyes up to different professions, different sectors, different people. I mean, the engine is like a melting pot of so many beautiful, creative people and professionals. Um, can you tell? Everyone at home, like, where, what, what's, what was that like in me and what, what were you tempted by? What caused challenges, um, you know, moving away from home? Was that a challenge or was it just so inspiring for you? Um,
0: it was definitely, of- yeah, it was definitely a mix of all of those things. Like, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me this question is this poem that I'd written, and it was like, you know, something along the lines of, walking through a place and feeling like all of these things that are similar to home. But when I look at other people's faces, they don't look like mine. And mm-hmm. so that was a really big thing for me. Cause I'd always grown up, you know, like away from people, but had close family and then been back home and then been away. And it was just me. It wasn't me with my family. And so learning how to navigate that world as a young adult and You know, the political landscape, that was very new for me as well. Um, You know, learning about other blackfellas from different areas and their experience, and that's very different to mine and my family's here in the NT. And so from a life learning point of view, there was a lot of things in that. And then, you know, the theatre side of that as well completely just opened up my eyes to you know I think most people they are like I want to sing and dance and you're like oh I can actually do stage management and I can do lighting and there's design and there's all of this you know other stuff as well that you learn about in that realm so it definitely like blew my 21 year old mind of what <laughs> I thought that I was going to do with my life and then the path that I ended up taking
1: I mean the paths plural yeah I mean- done so many things like all your achievements and I mean up until now I mean we're I consider you still quite young and now you founded Queen Mode which is for those that don't know or probably do know but you founded Queen Mode Collective like I want to ask you first of all what that's about but when did that little idea or seed start in your mind about creating a space for women
0: I think the first time I started teaching and kind of moving into that role, I was 16. Mm. And so that for me, even though Queen Mode wasn't necessarily a concept, I think that idea of creating spaces for people to be together through something that was common, you know, at that point in time for me that was dance because that was the skill that I had at the time and then all the other things that kind of unfolded in that space once it was created um, throughout studying and, and touring and doing all the things I was always teaching on the side. And so I toured like remote communities and being able to do that showed me that there was a huge gap for young women in communities. And at that time, like what was available, the safe space to be able to have some of the conversations that we all, you know, even as grown women still need to have with each other, with ourselves, with our families, all of that kind of stuff. So it was probably that period of time traveling and touring um, across Australia that I was like, okay, this idea that I have that has kind of been simmering in my mind, nobody's done it, you know, the need for me became more apparent and I was like maybe I'll just do it we'll just start with doing some, you know, dance workshops but add in some, you know, like personal development elements and being able to couple that and then dance became the activity but the bulk of, you know, the point of what we were doing was tapping into the minds and hearts of young women and getting them to think about what it is that they wanted to do with their lives and Mm. how they thought that they could get there and what was available to them in the communities that they lived in. Mm. And so even though it's kind of pivoted at this point in time, it did start as like a youth program and working with young women. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: It's been sitting there for so long and I think the bravery it takes our young women and, and women in general to take their ideas and their passions and and actually be courage, courageous enough to move into making it an actual thing. Well, that takes guts. Like, what what did you need around you to make that possible, or just hope?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've not really thought about it. I think I'm one of these people that if I have an idea, then I have to do it. And Mm -hmm. if it lingers too long, then I get really frustrated, you know, with myself. And so it's always been the challenge with myself of if I can't forget about this thing, then I need to do it because that's the only way that I can bet it. And whether that's my intuition, whether it's, you know, some kind of guidance that has always been the driving force for me. So you know, like, yes, it has existed for a long time, but I was also really conscious about wanting to make sure that I had enough experiences as a person. So when I was ready to step into that role in building something out, I felt like I had something of substance to stand on to be able to do that. And, you know, I didn't go down the traditional business route. It's a lot of just from my own experience and being mentored and learning from other people who have created businesses and things like that for themselves. Um, But, yeah, there was always that thing inside of me that it was like, if I die tomorrow and I don't see this thing through, Uh, I'm going to be unsatisfied. Yeah, right. And I don't want to live with that regret. I mean, in that case, (laughs) I would (laughs) have died. But... Yeah. You know, in my mind that thought of like if I didn't have as much time as I think that I do, yeah. what are the things that are important to me to do in my life?
1: Wow. That's huge. And so now Queen Wife is just this amazing space and platform and all those sorts of words for women, you know, First Nations women primarily, but there's women of colour also from all over this world that, actually need this a space like this that need these conversations that need these resources or the platform or um but I couldn't can imagine that when you were thinking about pivoting from the youth model to the you know womanhood model or girlhood model it's like there would have been people in your life like matriarchs or really strong women that probably helped develop this idea or helped inspire this idea can you talk about any of them can you talk about the women in your life that you were like you know that helped you along yeah
0: I've had a lot of really prominent females in my life who were majority outside of my family and I think it was just because I moved around so much and then moved away as an adult but they were you know my dance teachers they were um my bosses when I went into work you know I had really strong female leads in that way who really believed in what it in my potential at the time you know I was still learning a lot about life and myself and my own capabilities Mm. but being given the space to explore that and be guided through that has been huge for me. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be here if I didn't have those people one in my corner and two, you know, just around the edges, like, okay, you know, think about it from this perspective or why don't you try this? Or you're naturally inclined to do this. Why don't you, Mm -hmm. why don't you try that way instead of what you think you should be doing? So there's probably like you know five or six of five or six people that I can think of off the top of my head you know and for for some people that's a lot and they've all that's been from like 10 years old right up until now yeah yeah for sure and that I think there's
1: interesting learnings I mean I don't know if it's the same for you but They've come from family, they've come from other First Nations women, but they've also come from allies and that people that you didn't expect when you look back in hindsight would be so inspirational or would, like I have lots of those, lots of allies, lots of people that just uh, can see you on a different level and it's not that one's more important than the other, but are are there allies in that conversation of matriarchs that that you're also talking about?
0: Yeah, most definitely. And I think because, you know, two of those people for me were my dance teacher when I was at Akpar and my first dance teacher ever. Yeah. You know, that were just like, you're a talented young woman, we can see that in you. And that was the thing that they held on to, in terms of like being able to nurture me through that. It wasn't anything else, you know, our like introductions to each other it was purely through a creative space.
1: Yes. No, it's so good. And I think, yeah, it's just so inspiring. Like the platform you have, you've created and you've created for other women, it's just, it's only just so um it's just going to grow and grow because, we, it like you said, all the way back, it's a, there's just a massive need for it. We, we need somewhere where we can feel safe and yarn and and learn, relearn, grow, all those things. But recently, I mean, you talked about it right at the beginning, is you made the decision to move back home. Yeah. From the Lombard. Um And so firstly, what's that been like for you? What's that? What's that been like to go home? Because at first it wasn't supposed to be forever, right?
0: I think it kind of was. I just didn't (laughs) really really realise it at the time, right? Which seems to be a common theme in my life of like I get this idea, it lingers for a little while, I do it, and then it just becomes the next step in my story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd been touring with Hot Brown Honey for a couple of years and you know, spent majority of my life living on the other side of the world and I think that disconnection from my family and from, you know, just like black culture in Australia and to country as well, it just really made me miss home and I'd had this kind of thought where I was like, do I want to move to London or do I just stay at home, at home as in being in Australia and based out of Australia. And so that was kind of the thought that I was grappling with at the time. And while I absolutely love London, which was a surprise to me, but <laughs> it's just like this place that just brings me so much joy and I have a really good support network over there it still wasn't enough for me to completely like cut the cord from Australia. Mm. And I know that I can always go back and visit, but I was like, it feels like it's far enough to be far, but like, what if I don't come back, you know? And I just wasn't willing to do that at that time. And, you know, like I felt the calling to be at home for a little while. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And so I had made the decision to retire from dance and did my last two tours and then, you know, had to emotionally go through that because it had been a 20-year love affair at that point in time. And so trying to figure out who I am without dance in my life was a huge thing for me. And so it. I think naturally it made sense for me to be able to come home and do that and, and go through that process of who am I, what am I doing now, what is my next step, what does my life look like from this point, and being able to do that while being grounded at home.
1: Ooh. So many things, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about what you just said because I think a lot of creatives would totally relate to what you just said I 100% do, is that there's a grieving process when you move away, grieving, whatever you want to call it, but it's when you move away from something that you've just loved and obsessed about for so long and that came so naturally and you were felt seen, like you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel fully authentic and fully able to express yourselves and then to all of a sudden get that feeling that it might be coming to an end and then making those decisions, Um, it hurts. It hurts a lot. So I totally get why you would go home. I kind of wish I did the same thing. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's
0: totally a grieving process, you know, because it's a part of your identity that exists for a period of time, you know yeah and i also too like while i was traveling i met a lot of different first nations people from all around the world and it reiterated to me how lucky i am to come from a family in a place where we still have very kind of like strong connections to culture and to land Mm. and that was also too a part of that um driving force for me to come home because who, who knows what's going to happen in 20 years' time? Who knows what happened, you know, what's going to happen or what that's going to look like when, you know, our kids are, are adults. So yeah. I also felt a little bit of time pressure to be at home and to spend time with the old people and just absorbing as much as I can while I can. Yeah, of course. I mean,
1: that's so important for us to do at some point. Or if we can't do it all the time at some point. Um, But I I would imagine you've been at home for a little while now. Yeah. I would imagine that things have, you know, grown and changed and there's more responsibilities. I mean, I can imagine if I went home, you know, you're then juggling family obligations, responsibilities, you know, uh, being so much to so many people. Are there challenges also? being home
0: yeah 100 it's like it's like whenever you change any environment right um but it's always an additional layer to the challenge because you have emotional attachments to things whereas if you're somewhere else you're like I don't know you how do I actually really feel and do I want to (laughs) whereas when you're at home it's like oh you're all my family and this is the expectation and You know, learning how to re-navigate that as an adult has been really interesting, but I think because of the experiences that I've had and obviously like my own personal development over the last seven, eight years and being really conscious to those things, um, I haven't really stepped into a role where I've taken on responsibility of like, being the person to teach other people but I think vicariously it happens anyway yeah because I'm doing things a little bit different to um sometimes the rest of the family dynamic which there's resistance and you learn to manage those things and sometimes it's a like it's cultural sometimes it's generational and so there's a whole bunch of different things and also you know taking into account that I've lived away and had a global experience whereas you know mm-hmm. a lot of my family and my cousins have never left yeah so there's yeah. a lot to a lot to navigate within that but I still don't you know it's not a, a regretful thing just because it's challenging yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm learning so much yeah again, through this situation.
1: It's so good. It's so good. My gosh, everything you're saying, I'm sure everybody can relate to in one way or another. Um, (laughs) I feel like I want to ask two things at the same time, but I'll, you know, take time here because I want to ask you about your mum. Talk about matriarchs and, you know, mum's Italian and, I'm just so, I know she's been so important to you. So, you know, what about her and her family and her cultural heritage have you just embraced and loved and and how important is that to you?
0: So mum's family migrated in the 50s and they fled the war that was happening at the time. And so my mum's first generation Australian and because of that migration for them, I grew up on both sides of my family having two very strong cultures and so, you know, it was either your mother, or like English that was being spoken in the house. And that to me was normal because that was my experience. I was my household and, you know, my dad's very black and my mom is, you know, I live in complexion. And so my perception of life very young was that people from different places and different cultures can live together and create a family and live in harmony and have respect for, each other Mm. and there was room for both Mm. and it wasn't something until like in my adult life when I actually really looked back on it that I realised that I think part of my own values around the importance of allyship and being able to have those conversations comes from that experience because it was present and it was real and it worked inside of my household. And, you know, my mum is fluent in your mother. She's worked and lived in community. You know, we've moved away. She's come back as well. And so that's become a big part of her identity, in a sense, in being embraced in the family and having a role to play as well. So that for me, like, was a huge thing. and a huge example of like, I want to say like the right thing to do, but that's just my own perception of, you know, when I think about humanity, I'm like, if I had a child with somebody who had a strong culture, then I would feel a sense of obligation to learn about that because I'm the parent of this child who also belongs to that culture. Um, so I think that was a really huge example from mum with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so many things. Then, you know, she was a single mum for a long time, Yeah. you know, grew up in community so she didn't have access to school, ended up going to uni, to, you know, very self-taught in a lot of ways and just pushed through the challenges that she then had. In order to give us the best life that she could, with what she knew at the time. Yeah. Oh man, you need to write a book.
1: (laughs) Mom needs to write a book. I'm like mind blown. But yeah, I can relate to so many things you said. But there was this from a young age, you were kind of exposed to a. It's not a, like, right example, but it, it's a very inclusive example of how people from different cultures move and, and live and, and you know, co-depend go, go on each other and, and and work to something. So I, I 100% agree with you. And I don't know about you, but I found it hard when I got a bit older and, and into my teens and early 20s and even now, like, it's quite jarring when other people don't have that understanding of how those things can work because it's our normal our normal.
0: Yeah, most definitely. It, yeah. And I think because of that experience, I for a period of time I was sheltered from this the idea of like a dominant culture. Mm. And so when I started going to school and we moved around and, you know, like I'm the only black kid at school or and then all of these things started to happen and I didn't understand why because at that point I was like, why don't we all just get along, you know? <laughs> I don't understand what is happening, you know. I quickly learned but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a little bit of a stumble.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, talking to you now and, and Queen Mode and, and the, all the things you do, Personally, professionally, in your family, um, why, like, why are these sorts of conversations like you and I are having now, or the platform, Sanctum, Queen Mode, Sanctum, and and all the things that Queen Mode does? Why, or why has that been so important to you?
0: I think it probably just stems from what I like what we were just talking about. I think mm. that communication and having experiences together and having understanding from people who seem different to you is mm. the key for us to learn how to all get along but also too it teaches you about yourself and everything about QM is around personal development and being able to reach self actualization so then we understand who we are and what we can contribute to the world and so for me that was really important to try and think about my experiences not just as a child but touring and meeting other First Nations women from around the world and even just people in my friendship circle and people here in Australia and then being able to figure out a way to take that and go how do we how do we create that how do we you mm. know build a business that has very I think colonial elements to that and create safe spaces for all of us who have had you know traumatic corporate experiences in different ways. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of like a two-sided approach where we're trying to build that into the culture of the organization. So for staff and people who are working in the team that they're able to experience a different type of workplace. But then also too on the flip side of that for participants and people who are involved in the community side of QM that we're then providing these safe spaces for those conversations to happen for for people who are coming to events, for people who are buying into the membership to be a part of the community, for people who will eventually listen to this podcast. And so that for me was the important thing is just being able to bridge some of those gaps whether it's with other people, whether it's with yourself, and being able to just learn from each other about about the world and what it is that we what we need as as humans and as people.
1: Yeah, wow. I think I'm having a huge love affair at the moment with the word contribute. I feel like <laughs> It's always been around and it's always been a part of my vocab, but like when when you say it, it also just brings a bit of joy and sunshine because, it, you know, growing up it was all about success and a successful woman and, and, you know, all those sorts of almost stereotypical type things. But there's something about this contributing factor, whether it's contributing to yourself, contributing to your you know nuclear family your wider family or and the community like I feel like there's so many levels to how you contribute. Um, and I yeah I, I think queer mode is just the best place to grow that and, and figure out what that means and understand what that means for you, you know, that person inside. Um, but I secretly want to Doris and ask um, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? What's coming up that's very important? (laughs)
0: Um, Well, obviously QM is always a huge important thing for me and I've decided to move into doing that full-time as well Mm. as working like in consultancy. So I went back and was working full-time for a little while for a different organisation. I was like, you know what, let me just put my energy into this. So it's the first time. I think since the, since the concept that I haven't been dabbling in 20 million projects at the same time. So really just having focus on building this to what I believe it could be. And then what I see in my mind, um, also being a mum for the first time is another huge, big thing that's happening for me. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at just navigating those two spaces and oh.
1: <laughs> give those spaces space
0: <laughs> yeah nice. I mean they're two really big things so I'm they're like massive. two is enough um, two is enough even one of those
1: would be lots but you know hats off to you I know you want to keep wind motors your love and and babies will be your love I'm so excited for you anyways um <laughs> I have one more question then we'll do it like a fast five quick um, okay but I guess my last question is are there any any words that you say to yourself any sort of affirmations that you say to yourself in moments where you know you feel overwhelmed or stressed um, that keep you motivated or keep you grounded other things you know you talked about that quote earlier on but there are there other are quotes or affirmations you say to yourself to just keep yourself calm or grounded
0: Yeah, I I think I have a few and they're not necessarily like set ones. It just depends on the challenge that I'm having at the time. Mm. Um, So practicing gratitude is a huge thing and, you know, like most people I fall off and have Mm. moments where I forget to do it, but I really notice the difference when I don't and then, you know, everything becomes really judgy and things become really hard and life feels really heavy. So, you know, just making sure that I have those conversations with my partner and tell the people who are in my world that I work with and that I socialize with, you know, that I appreciate their time. Time is a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like if somebody's willing to give me that and to share that with me, I make sure that I tell people that then that I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess some of my internal dialogue is like (laughs) me having a lot of expectations on myself. Can we imagine? Um, Mm -hmm. And so obviously like running a business and being pregnant and doing all of those kinds of things, it really teaches you to have patience with yourself. And so for me, it's like, Is this the most important thing that I could be doing with my time right this second?
1: Yeah.
0: And being able to move from that kind of space rather than living in my head and going, yeah, but I've got a list of these 20 things to do. Like, yeah. And that list is still (laughs) going to exist in five minutes' time or tomorrow, you know? So just getting really clear with myself on. Each day, and sometimes even just from moment to moment, if plans change, what is the most important thing for me to be doing right now?
1: Yeah, I think that's very good advice. But again, we all struggle, struggle to remember, but yeah, especially with everything going on in the world, I think there's, we need to just be a bit patient and kinder with ourselves. Um, yeah. We do. That self love, that self that patience and time. I think
0: nat- naturally, you know, because I'm a planner and because that's the way that I operate, it's a thing that makes me feel safe. And so yeah. as the world kind of blows up and does all the things that it's doing at the moment, yeah. and we're all in a constant state of uncertainty trying to just be like, yeah, let's just go with the flow and live in the moment is really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, Uh your capacity changes. There's a whole lot of additional stress and stresses that I don't think people realise. So it's okay if things don't go to plan for the next hour and the next day. Like,
1: So okay, learning. Learning, learning, relearning, learning, learning. Re-learning. <laughs> okay. Last five, are you ready? Actually, yeah. the first one's probably going to be a long conversation because, you know, thinking about mum and your dad and your family, I just, this might be hard, but if you can, quick ones. Ready? Favorite food to eat or cook?
0: Okay, so favorite food to eat is Asian food. Mm. Either via or Japanese. Um, mm. Favorite food to cook is Italian food.
1: Oh my gosh! I'm coming to your house. You have to cook Italian. <laughs> I'm dying to make gnocchi from scratch, and I'm hopeless. <laughs> oh
0: my. I mean, my, my gnocchi is pretty good.
1: <laughs> mm. well, I'm gonna come to your mum's house and be like, "Nope. Oh. Um, okay, yum. Now I'm hungry. Okay, second one.
0: Something you wish you could do more of." Um, at the moment, travel. I mm-hmm. love traveling, so being grounded for the last two years has been interesting.
1: <laughs> affirmation, affirmation,
0: affirmation. Um,
1: hard one favorite song of all time.
0: Oh, I mean, can one person ever pick one song? No. <sighs> So I'm going to go with this, and it's not necessarily my favourite song of all time, but this is just what's popped in my head, a song for you, Donny Hathaway. What? It's actually my funeral song, so that's a little oh, bit okay. morbid, but I'm just like.
1: I <laughs> went south quick. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I mean, that's good because, you know, you might be celebration of life.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, I don't know, you know love how it. that ended up at that, but that was just the song. No, 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 I was no. like, yeah, no, this absolutely. is this is the one,
1: just no. resonates. Actually, this is interesting that you said travel a place you would like to travel to that you've never been before. Japan, Oh, hundred percent. I need to like, I'll eat the whole time. Um, <laughs> we should be all together. Okay, and then the best way you unwind. What's the best Ooh. way to
0: unwind? Um either watching a movie or being in my garden sorry i'm I'm being in my garden i'm'm uh, I'm, like trying to hold the laugh in because it's just such a foreign thing for me, but after like touring and living in hotels and living in apartments, I'm like, I can't wait for the day that I get a house and I can just like garden and plant things and make like cool little yeah. I love that. Oh that's my that's thing. My being fun. outside, being a little bit physical, making yeah. cute things, watching plants grow. Yeah. Oh, So lovely. We this?
1: Well, thank you, sis, for having a yarn.
0: I've learned so much about you. I
1: feel like I've known you forever, but it's just so nice to have a yarn and talk about all the things that are important to us and important to you. Um Yeah. I hope everybody at home enjoyed this conversation. I'm, you know, always forever indebted to queen mode for what it's taught me so far, but there's so much more to come. So get on board. Get on board this journey because we're all on it together. 100%. Uh Thank you. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and would love to hear more inspirational stories, consider joining QM Sanctum. This is our virtual home, membership space, and community filled with passionate people, also dedicated to the personal development of First Nations women. We'd love to connect with you on there. Also, remember to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a pleasure as always, and we'll catch you on the next one.